Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diversity in Fellowship podcast. Today's episode is called When Private Hate Becomes Public Knowledge. Mm. And the reason why we're talking about this is because the now former head coach of the Oakland Raiders, John no, 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 Gruden. No, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not Oakland anymore. Oakland. Oh, it's Las Vegas Raiders, Come on right? Now. You're man. Talking 90s, man. Oh, right. Whatever it was. We're old, man. Pre 90s. They, they yes. moved like four times since we've been alive, Maybe. Since we've been alive, right? Seems like LA. They were the LA Raiders. Yeah, LA Raiders, Oakland. I think they went back to LA and then. Yeah, now they're Las Vegas. Right. But anyway. Now they Las, Las Vegas Raiders, right? Yes. Former, now former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, John Gruden, uh, was. It was revealed that he sent some hateful emails um, um, 10 years ago that were disparaging to black people and women and uh, the LGBTQ community. And, and so this was some private hate that became public knowledge. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to just talk about like what is the response when those things happens and what should our response be uh, as followers of Christ who are striving for diversity in fellowship yes. so um, brother william what what yes. does that public response generally look like when incidents like this happen right well i mean you know the the, the first thing is um i mean everybody gets fired right yeah. so i mean everybody that that just kind of happens and that's it uh, feels like uh, Gruden, not to be confused with Wayne Grudem. Right. I will probably call him Grudem, but yes. that's wrong. It's John Gruden. Gruden. Uh, Gruden, I mean, almost immediately resigned. Right. Right. I mean, maybe it was out for a day or two. I mean, I, yes. I don't know all the timeline. but um, And so there's just kind of this immediate professional, like, you're fired, you lose your job. Uh, you resign. Uh, some people, I mean, some people get, some people don't like it because they're not fired. He actually was given the opportunity, you know, he resigned. Yes. Uh, but there's some type of termination of the job. So that's normally right. a very, very um, early thing that happens. What else? What's some other things that kind of come along with that? Yeah, along with the kind of resignation firing, is, which is more professional, then there's this this kind of personal distancing from this person right uh, cancel mm-hmm. that's what we call it now the person is being canceled they become toxic yes it's it's someone that people don't want to be associated with right people don't want to have anything to do with they right. don't want to hire them for another job so in a sense they just become kind of this pariah like mm-hmm. we're not going to have anything to do with you um you are no longer a part of our circles. Right. Um, we had no knowledge that you were yes. anything like yes. this, and you were never like this when you were around me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. let's just be honest. Some of this is fake. Yes. Right? Because, I mean, you got people that right. are like, man, I, I coached with him for years, and I just never heard him say it. I was like, 
Nah, come on. Right. He was, you know. Never said a bad word, even. Never, he was great. Yeah. Mm, I, I don't okay. know if that's the case. Or it's the it's the guy who's like, uh, well, I always thought he was a little bit mean to, you know, I was always suspicious. I was I was like, no, you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. always want to, we want to seem like we're, we're either innocent or yes. we, we were more aware than what we mm. truly were aware. You just didn't know what to right. do about it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. So you got those types of things. They're canceled. They, re- they resign. Now, th- then there comes along the, the justification crowd. Yes. And and normally that normally that's part of the you know the persons. I mean that's Gruden has has said that he did he wasn't aware right that the things that he was saying was offensive to African Americans. Right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's his justification yes. okay. for saying what he said. And then you got other. Not it's normally it's not just the person. There's others who are trying to say, well, you know, maybe he meant this, or maybe he didn't know this, or you know. And so you you kind of have this this seeking to justify the you know what happened right so you see that a lot um and, and then what well, you know what comes with that in in trying to justify is we we tend to point to you know the the public side of of what this person does well this mm. well he always treats his yes. his um players well mm-hmm. right and they're african american so he's obviously not racist right um so whatever he's saying in private doesn't match up with what he's saying in public. So mm-hmm. we, we tend to kind of try to justify or dismiss even. Mm-hmm. Downplay. Uh, yeah, we're going to downplay that because obviously he's not racist because he, you know, he has right. black players who's who's pray, playing for him and he treats them well. Right. Uh, he's obviously not sexist because he treats his wife well, treats his right. daughters well, things like that. And so that that kind of leads into the the kind of next response, which is kind of a shock and disappointment. Yeah, like this, there's a a disconnect between what we're what we're learning about this individual from what has now been been made public, and and what this public persona was. Right, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect between what what happened in private and what this person this this reputation this person has. Like. It, we thought we knew who he was. We thought mm-hmm. we knew who these people are, but then something starts to come up that reveals that maybe we didn't know them right. um, the way that we we thought we knew them. Right. And so there ends up being this this shock. Like, I can't believe this person who I thought I knew can act like this or the disappointment. Or this person who um, said they love me, said they care for me, but really they, they view me in this way right and so that that kind of you know it, it, it's a result of that hypocrisy right mm. what you know what people call the difference between reputation and character right? mm. character is what you do alone reputation is what you do before other people right don't, don't you think i mean some of that is um uh, be careful i mean some of that is a little bit fake as well yes because there has to be people who did know Right, you know, Gruden did know his. I mean, had heard him say things. It's not like he's only done that in an email. That's yeah. the only time it's ever happened, right? And so, there had to be other people who are like, "Yeah, I'm going to act like I'm shocked, but I'm not really shocked." You know, I'm. I'm gonna, Nobody that is that good of an actor. I'm going to act like, yeah, like I'm going to. I'm going to pretend like I didn't know any of this was happening, but yeah, I really knew all of it was happening because, I mean, if you admit. 
Yeah, Gruden said stuff like that to me, I mean, like, regularly. And people would be like, well, why didn't you do anything? Like, yes. why didn't you do anything about it? You know, like, why are you... And so there's this, not only is there this kind of cover-up from, from Gruden or this kind of, um, you know, justification of, well, I didn't really know what was going on. I mean, there has to be, there's justification in kind of all these circles around him. Right. You know, like, well, we didn't know, you know, and we didn't we didn't understand what was happening. And um, we're in reality, I mean, you have to be scratching your head going, how could you know the individual, have all kinds of interactions with the individual, and and totally be shocked by you know I mean it, it yeah. really is it really is kind of this weird like who's not telling the truth here yeah you know like who's who's maybe trying to duck and cover right uh, and protect themselves protect their own reputation yes um, I mean is obviously happening a lot um, and and I, I do think I mean I do think we see that I mean just this yeah I mean we it it is there is the disappointment in like the people from a distance yeah you know so the Las Vegas Raiders fans, right? I mean, yeah. he's he's turning the program around. I don't know. Are they doing well this year? They, they were doing well. <laughs> they, were. <laughs> they were doing well. Things are yeah. not going good now. Right, right, yeah. Derek Carr had like first few games, was doing really yeah. good. Yeah, Lighting okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, those people are probably going to be shocked and disappointed and, and genuinely so, right? Yes. They're like, hey, he's our head coach. He's, you know, he's building the program. He loves the players, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, the people that are closest to the individual, you do have to wonder: uh, Are they really shocked? Are they really disappointed? Or are they just like, well, now it's out in the open, and so I've got to, yeah, I've got to duck and cover, right? I've I've got to try to figure out a way to make it look like I I didn't know about it. I was ignorant about it. Otherwise, because people are going to be like, if you knew this. Why were you still right. friends with them, or why didn't you say something, or why yeah. didn't you, you know? So there's a whole kind of weird, like they're they're ten they're they're usually some sort of warning signs that a person yeah believes something or is doing something that is unsavory. It's usually right. not like people are really aren't that good good of actors. Yeah, <laughs> at least to me, they're not. It's like there's usually something that screams, okay, there's something privately going on that maybe he's trying to cover up she's trying to cover up but mm -hmm. and so the 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 shock and disappointment kind of goes away because you see like there was something there yeah right mm. and um but you, they may not be showing it in the fullest extent of what they're actually holding in their hearts right so let me ask you this Kenny. like what how do you think stuff like this impacts the minority culture? Like when they yeah. hear of this, you know, he's an NFL coach and he's got all these, uh, you know, African-American players. He supposedly has this good reputation with them. How do you think the, the the minority culture feels about stuff like this? Yeah. So I know like for me personally, and I, and I hear it even in, in the news and stuff like that is they, they start to get suspicious Mm. And they start to get pessimistic mm. and it, it becomes, OK, now we we figured out that this guy is a closet racist. Mm -hmm. How many other yes. closet racists right. are there? Yeah. And, and this is where you kind of get this push for even more minority hiring within mm -hmm. the NFL, because, OK, I can't really trust if my white coach is right. racist or not yeah, he may he, even if he treats right. me really really well yeah because this guy was treating me well but really mm -hmm. in in private this is the view that he has of me 
Mm. Or, you know, it becomes, well, I thought we were further along Mm. than we were in regards to dealing with racism. I mean, the NFL has, you know, done some, has really done an about face with some of the things that they are trying to do now um, as far as combating that type of hate. Sure. Um, And you think you're getting further down the line, but then you realize, okay, maybe we're not as far down the line as as um, it seems. Mm. And even going beyond, like, the players, I know me, as I was saying about myself, it's like um, I start to even question, <laughs> like, right. William, I need to see your email. I know, you're right? like, well, you're going to need my – Like, William is saying, you know, he's nice to me in my face, but, man, he's, right. he really hates me. He's really, uh, right. you know, drawing ugly pictures of me and sending it to his friends through the email. Not, wow. you know, not William, but, you right. know, you start to think – you start to wonder, okay, who – who who is nice to me in my face, but probably privately yeah. they may not be as supportive as they pretend to be yeah, yeah. in public. Or are you like for me? It's like okay, now I'm in a restaurant. There's this uh, you know person of a different race waiting on me. Are they going to do something to my food? You know, yeah. like you you start to start it almost come you know it can become paranoia in mm. a sense and just overly suspicious, but. You do start to wonder because the racism is not as outward as right. it was back in civil rights and Jim Crow era and things like that. And 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 people kind of hold it more privately because they realize it's not socially acceptable anymore right. to be racist. Right. Now you have to be a little more suspicious, more discerning when you're dealing mm. with people. And, and, it, and things like this just become a reminder that, okay— I can't expect racism to look like somebody calling me the N word or, mm. or somebody just blatantly mistreating me wrong. Right. Like racism is going to be more discreet yeah, and it, it may not even come to light until further down the line. Yeah. And don't you think, I mean, like, like those who would say, well, I, you know, I, I don't see that much racism anymore. I don't, you know, surely, you know, we've, as a country, we've moved past this. Like we're no longer, there's not a lot of racist people out there. Like they're few and far between. Like I, when I see things like this, I'm like, no, they're just hiding it. Yes. Like like it's just hidden. Right. Because you know, back in the you know yeah back in the 60s, 70s. I mean, like you could be blatantly racist publicly. Yeah. You're not going to lose your job or no. I mean, you know, there may be some negative uh, repercussions, but not a lot. You know. Right. Whereas now somebody finds your emails from 10 years ago where you were being you know racist and and you lose your job i mean like there's there's this there's kind of all these repercussions and so i do think there is yeah we just have to realize there's probably more of this happening behind yeah. the scenes you know and so i definitely would understand kind of that pessimistic um you know struggling suspicion like well who else is who else is sending weird emails you know right um and i think for the majority culture um particularly those who i mean maybe just secular majority culture like there is this huge fear right because it's like well maybe i you know i sent this email joking with this this other white brother you know and and i don't want anybody to see that or you know i I, I talked about this when this conversation with this guy, I hope he doesn't remember that or he doesn't talk about that. And so there becomes this fear of being found out, you yeah. know, this fear of, uh, I've done a really good job of hiding. Like I only joke, I only, I only laugh at racist jokes with other white people and I really don't want 
you know, any right. any African Americans to figure that out or anybody in the um, I mean, any, any any I don't want that to become public. Right. You know, I want that knowledge to be kept private. And so there becomes this kind of fear and, you know, I mean, how many people are deleting all their emails today? Right. You know, they're like, whoa, yeah. whoa, I got to delete that, delete that. Mm-hmm. What if that comes out? You know, and so, yeah, just some just well, just the unfortunate impact of. I mean, what we have to say is ongoing racism, right? You know, in our yeah. country. So, so that kind of leads us to this question, Kenny. That's kind of how the public is responding. Yeah. We've, we've seen all that. How should we respond as Christians? Yeah. So you know, you see how the public responds, and and in those ways can can really within the body of Christ, if we respond in the, in those ways, they can really have a negative effect on efforts to try to maintain diversity in, right. in fellowship. So right. we should necessarily follow the the way of the world when we respond. But some ways right. that we can respond as Christians is we shouldn't be shocked. Right. <laughs> right? We, That's right. When we believe that we're we're depraved, we are sinful people. Mm. We we are sick in our hearts, right? Mm. And so we can be sad. Right. But we shouldn't be surprised. We we should understand that not only is John Gruden or anybody Paula Dean or anyone right. else who who says these type of things, not only can they do that, but we're cap- very capable of doing yeah. <laughs> things in private that do that do not match what what we want to portray in public. Right. So there shouldn't be really any shock when it comes to um, right the the evil that people do but we can be sad and angry even mm, and righteously I, angry right. about those and, things and i think because of that it should lead to self-examination yeah i mean we we should be wondering are there th- is there a joke that i would laugh at i think this is a you know an important question yeah is there a joke that i would laugh at with my white brothers that i would be unbelievably uncomfortable if one of my black brothers was there with us Right. If that's the case, like that's like we have to understand laughing at a racist joke is racism. Yes. Right. And so so we should realize, man, we should not be having those conversations. We shouldn't be, um, you know, one, one of the things, you know, we, we, we had talked about, you know, we have to be um, we have to be careful of kind of ex- trying to explain things away. Right. Like the world explained things. Oh, well, he, you know, it was just locker room talk, you know, yeah. and they're just kind of just, a, just guys being guys, you know, just messing around and, and hear me like, I love laughing and I, you know, I love to laugh and Kenny and I make fun of each other and, and, there's you know, a, there's a reparation chicken episode from, is, <laughs> from right? the first season. Right. And so we understand that some of these, some of these tense issues you have to be able to laugh about, you have yeah. to be able to. But you need to laugh in such a way that everybody would be welcome. Yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, every everybody would laugh. Yes. You know, if I have jokes with other white guys that I would feel weird if Kenny was there, that's a problem. Yes. I mean, that's a, you can't, you know, if I'm if I'm saying something in, in an email to other white brothers that I would never say in an email to Kenny. Right. That's problematic. Yes. Right? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a problem. And so I think we... I think if we're honest, there's probably more of that than we really want to admit at times, right. you know. And and so we just we just need to be aware. We just need to self-examine. I'm not trying to say we need to be hyper um, uh, aware of that, but 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 we do need to we do need to pause and say maybe I need to look at my own heart, you know, yeah. and, and really try to ask some of those uh, difficult, hard questions and admit that. Yeah. What else would you say, brother? Yeah, just I'm going to add to that a little bit. Yeah. Just 
we, we got to remember that we are people of the light. Mm. Like Christ, Christ is the light of the world. We are people of the light. So mm. there shouldn't be really anything that we, we would, we would do that. We wouldn't want to come out into the light. Mm. Like we're not people of darkness. We're, yeah. we're called out of darkness into, into his glorious light. Right. And so if, if we're doing things to where we wouldn't want people to see it, then that in itself should be a sign that maybe, yeah, something's maybe wrong. Maybe I don't need to be doing this. Maybe mm. I don't need to be saying this joke or, or, or typing this email or whatever it is. If I don't want it to be made public. Um, well, another thing, you know, you, you're talking about trying to explain it away and justify it. But, and we, and, we, and I probably said this a lot, but the good news is that, you know, racism, sexism, they're not the unforgivable sin. That's right. Like you can seek repentance in these situations mm. and there, you don't have to try to equivocate or try to justify or or try to minimize what what you've done. Right. You can just seek repentance. And and for those who have been offended by that, you mm. should be quick to forgive. Yeah. Um, because, again, we realize that we have been forgiven of so much by by Jesus. Yeah. That whatever anybody has done to us, no matter how much it hurts and we can acknowledge that it hurts, but it does not compare to our sin against a, a holy and just God. Yeah, I, I think. If we just talk about Christian culture here for a second, I mean, I think we are not as quick to repent. And maybe that's even, maybe I should say it this way. We're not, we're not as quick to own our sin. Oh, yeah. And the ugliness of it. Right. I mean, we want to say, well, yeah, I may have, I may have said that, but, but here's what I really meant. Or here, here's what. Right. Or, yeah, I may have, I may have, you know, when I, when I, I was just having a bad day or I was, you know, I was I'm really a good person. That's right. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not, I'm, that's not really me. Yes. You know, I mean, you hear those kinds of things in the culture. Yeah. Obviously you're going to hear that from Gruden, right? I didn't understand, you know, those kinds of things. And like we as Christians should be very quick to own our own sinfulness. Yes. Not in like a braggy, you know, you're almost sooner, but like a, a real honest, broken, like, right. I, I sinned in this way. I was wrong and I hate it. Like I loathe it. Yes. But I'm going to take it to Christ. I'm, I'm, I, I really believe that when Jesus died on the cross for my sins, he died for this sin. Yes. Not so that I could try to justify it or hide it, but like you said, so that I could bring it to the light and he could forgive it. Right. You know, and he and, and I could trust in his mercy and his grace. Yes. I think that's a struggle for us all. Oh yeah. I mean, we you know, we we struggle we struggle in really owning our our sins, owning uh when we hurt somebody or owning when we do something wrong. And I I think it's important for us as Christians, as followers of Christ, to to really work on that. You know, yes. Lord, when I sin against somebody, help me to Instead of trying to justify or or talk, you know, convince them that I, it wasn't that mean or it wasn't that bad, help me learn how to just own it and and really be sorry, you know, and yeah. and repent. And then, like you said, the other the other area where I think we struggle is when somebody does genuinely print, repent and genuinely say they're sorry. We need to be quick to forgive. Yes. But man, we're like, well, mm-hmm. let me let me think about forgiveness. Right. You know, let me think about that and. And I get that. I mean, there are situations where, you, you know, uh, the the sin is so heinous that it's going to have ongoing impact and right. ongoing consequences. And that's that's not what we're talking about here. But 
but there does need to be a, uh, I can forgive this person and love this person and, and know that if their sins are covered by the blood of Christ, then I can forgive them. If he can forgive right. them, then I can forgive them. You yeah. know? And so I think we struggle in those areas, brother. Yeah, we do. I think those are hard. And, uh, and you know, kind of our next point talks about, you know, for, for people who have been offended, and you're talking about the pessimism and the suspicion and the paranoia. Right. Even. Yes. Like we yes. have to avoid that unnecessary suspicion. Yeah. And what we mean by that is not that you necessarily have to fully trust the person who committed the sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness doesn't mean like unequivocal trust right now. <laughs> like we're, right. we're not going to like we're going to put you restore you right to where you were originally in that relationship. That doesn't necessarily mean that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to rebuild that trust. Right. But the unnecessary suspicion is now I'm going to be suspicious of all white people. Yeah, yeah. Like That's unnecessary suspicion. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Now you are not leading with grace with people who in that situation are innocent. Right. right? And so yeah. we have to fight against that tendency to now, um, you know, look at people according to the worst people in the group, as we heard, you know, yeah, Chief yeah. talk about, right? Yeah, we don't, good. we don't want to, to look at, you know, people who may be identifying that same group and say, well, you must be like that person, right? Like that's that's not gracious mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's, it doesn't, um, it's holding them accountable for something that they didn't do, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I mean. It, you know, the idea of, you know, all white people send racist emails. Right? Yeah. In one sense, we would say, well, yeah, we don't think that. Right. But but we, we might be tempted to have those kind of generalizations. Yeah. All white people are privately racist. Right. Like, no, that's that's going right. too far. <laughs> right. right. That's right. Um, they may struggle with other things. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like black people and, and Hispanic mm-hmm. and everybody else does. Sure. But yeah. to, to say that all of them are privately racist goes mm-hmm. too far. Yeah, I think that's right. I think yeah. that's good. All right, brother. Well, uh, so that, that kind of brings us to our crazy question for this yep. week. So we're talking about emails. <laughs> right. That, that's kind of got us started uh, with uh, Gruden's uh, email. So, so let me ask you, here's our crazy question. What is the craziest email, Pastor Kenny, that you have ever sent? Craziest email I have ever sent. So yes. I'm a, I'm like a <laughs> email e aficionado man. I will e- send wait, wait, an email email about, aficionado. Yes. Is that what you said? <laughs> That's what. I, wow. I will send emails to anybody to vent my frustration about things. <laughs> but the the craziest one I've sent is there's a, a certain type of vanilla wafer that you need to make banana pudding with. It's called Jackson's vanilla wafers. Mm. And so if, uh, Jackson's was bought by Kellogg's um, back in back in the 2000s sometimes. And so I couldn't find them while I was in St. Louis. Okay. And so I, I emailed Kellogg's and, and was no saying, other no other vanilla wafer would could substitute. No, no other vanilla wafer can substitute for a banana pudding. You for a banana pudding. You couldn't do it. Okay. So I emailed Kellogg's and said, "Okay, I, where can I get these cookies?" And they were like, "We don't make them anymore." And they they actually tried to steer me towards some other vanilla wafer that they made, and mm-hmm. I was like, "These are You're trash." Like, nah, <laughs> like these, don't be don't be making no right. substitutes. Right. See, these are trash. I don't want those. I want Jackson <laughs> vanilla wafers. But here's the weird thing: so they sent me the email saying they don't make them anymore, right. but like no longer being made. I could go to 
other town. Like I could go to Sykes now, you know, where we are now, mm. and I could see they would be on the shelves mm. sporadically, yes. right? Like so, there's a black market producer. Some somebody <laughs> uh, is making. Right, somebody is making Jackson Vanilla wafers, or they last an insane amount of time. Right. That's to where. My- that's my fear. Is right. right there is this warehouse of yes. Jackson Vanilla wafers somewhere that's completely packed. <laughs> there hasn't been a new one. There hasn't been a new vanilla wafer Jackson Vanilla wafer produced since like early two thousands. Right, and yet the warehouse is still cranking it out. Cranking right? it only a little bit out. out of time. Right, only a little because right. you, 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 you got to hold back because eventually they are gonna they are gonna. Like they are, they are not regularly on the shell, but right. So you just like kind of release, you know, it's a small a batch, time, a little right? small batch, a little. They are amazing out here. though. So if anybody has Jackson Vanilla wafers, you can send them to me. Uh, mm. Send us an email uh, about your questions, and and then send me all your uh, vanilla what, wafers as well. What you probably shouldn't do is eat them because who knows where they're coming from, man. Hey, Come I'll, on, man! They're coming the from chance. some. They coming from some crazy <laughs> warehouse, <laughs> right. or they they literally are. They're they're like Kellogg's ain't making them, <laughs> right? Oh no, man! I Have gotta, you even looked on like the new pack? Like, is it, is Kellogg's on the packaging? The current packaging? Nope, nope. I haven't looked on the packaging to see that. Right, we got to start an are. investigation. We got to figure out what's we gotta happening. We got to figure this out. I got to. I'm, really I'm trying to important. find the email so I can post it, but I can't <laughs> find it. It, it was a while ago. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right, brother. What about you? Okay, so um, I was reading through a commentary at one point, because that's the kind of things that pastors do when they're hopefully trying to preach the Bible. Yes, yes. And I was reading through a commentary on Exodus uh, because I was like, this that's what I was preaching through. And I got towards the end where Exodus gets kind of hard, and it's like they're describing the... Um, you know, the furniture in the temple and things like that. And I was really trying to lean in and figure some of this stuff out. And my commentary completely skipped like two or three pages. <laughs> like, yes. like at the top, of, like the, the, the one page ended with a period and then the next page began with like a sentence. You know, right. like it was the middle of a sentence. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'm missing so- stuff. And so I sent out an email uh, to the author, and he, he like almost immediately emailed me back and was like, you know, hey, we can we can we we'll get this. What was weird though is I got to thinking, I was like, is nobody else reading that part of the commentary? Like, I did I just get no. the only messed up commentary, or was it that they published this commentary and they were all missing this page? And then and then I felt bad about it because I was like. I've just emailed to let this guy know that nobody's actually reading right. his commentary. <laughs> I'm the only one that's that's reading it. Um, but that's probably not true. Hopefully, I just got a yes. weird one. That and that happened to me again when I was when I was preaching through Numbers and was reading through a commentary and got through. I mean, I got to a section and it went from Numbers on one side of the page. And on the other side of the page was Second Corinthians. Wow, which was a huge. And so for like fifty pages, in my numbers commentary was it's was bonus com- was commentary on Second <laughs> Corinthians. Bonus is commercial. It's the Second Corinthians I mean, commercial. I guess it was. Right? Or maybe right. I was, like I just needed to take a break in numbers because we were yeah. like we just we've had as enough numbers as we can possibly yes. handle. Please give us some New Testament. Right. right? So anyway, they that they were really gracious too because they actually sent me a brand new commentary i reached That's out to cool. them too and they sent me a brand new commentary that didn't have any second corinthians in it. right so. all right so craziest emails hey we would love to hear from you what's the craziest email you've ever sent if you send us some good stuff we might even give you a shout out on the podcast we'd yes. love to hear 
what craziest emails you've done. But uh, thanks so much for tuning in uh, to us this week, and we will catch up with uh, you guys next week. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.